This is Digital Pathology Today. Now here's your host, Dr. Joseph Anderson. Welcome to Digital Pathology Today. I'm Joe Anderson. Our guest is Dr. Marilyn Boy from Moffitt Cancer Center, a pathologist with expertise in sarcoma pathology, cytopathology, breast cancer biomarker testing, as well as digital pathology. Dr. Boy has served in various leadership roles with the College of American Pathologists, the Digital Pathology Association, American Society of Cytopathology, as well as the Florida Society of Pathologists. We're going to talk about what she calls a holistic approach to digital pathology. Is digital pathology more than the sum of its parts? She also talks about the connectivity advantage. What does this mean? What benefits can we derive from being highly connected with our systems, our networks, our devices, our colleagues, and even ultimately the customers that we serve? Not everyone's going to be an early adopter. So how can we evangelize the spread of digital pathology? How can we encourage our colleagues to get on board? And what about physicians and other specialties, ultimately the customers we're serving, how can we get them active, engaged, and excited about the digital transformation that's underway? This episode of Digital Pathology Today has been brought to you in part by JAV Advisors. With over 16 years' experience, JAV Advisors focuses on business and management consulting for digital pathology and artificial intelligence in deployment within histology, pathology, and cytology laboratories throughout the world. Call 213-258-6268 for more information. JAV Advisors. Dr. Marilyn Boy, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. We know you're very active in digital pathology and you're on staff at Moffitt Cancer Center. So tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get interested in digital pathology and your experience in going digital at Moffitt Cancer Center? Sure. I'm a senior pathologist and a professor at the Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa, Florida. Over the years, I have developed expertise, including bone soft tissue pathology, cytopathology, biomarker testing, and digital pathology. I love what I do as a pathologist and is able to use this unique skill set to make best diagnosis and provide quality patient care every day. My first digital pathology experience was 20 years ago when I was doing research in biomarker testing of breast cancer at the University of Florida. After completing my PhD training at the molecular pathology and the immunology residency in anatomical pathology, cytopathology, and the fellowship in cytopathology, I joined the Moffitt Cancer Center as assistant professor of pathology in 2005. Because I'm a practicing pathologist with a research background and expertise in biomarker image analysis, I was appointed as the scientific director of analytic microscopy core, AMC for short. As you know, Moffitt Cancer Center is a National Cancer Institute designated comprehensive cancer center. It is a premier cancer hospital and a top tier research institute. The mission of the AMC is to provide our scientists and researchers access to the latest optical microscopic imaging technologies and expertise. This includes host slide imaging and image analysis. I provide scientific guidance and strategic planning for the AMC. I also collaborate in image analysis and AI 
project. I was grateful for this opportunity and also realized that because this is an emerging field, I needed to connect with the national and the international leaders and peers in digital pathology in order for us to learn and grow together. I'm now recognized as a leader in digital pathology, have published more than 180 peer-reviewed articles, 24 book chapters and three books, have received several patents in digital pathology. I credit much of my accomplishments and gratifying experiences in digital pathology to my involvement with the Digital Pathology Association, College of American Pathologists, and Association of Pathology Informatics. I served as the immediate past president of DPA. I'm the vice chair of the CAP Digital and Computational Pathology Committee and the editorial board member of the Journal of Pathology Informatics, which is the official journal of API. Moffitt Cancer Center recognized the value of digital health, which is one of the pillars of our strategic planning. The leadership also recognized that digital pathology is a key component of digital health. The institution has appointed an AI officer, a digital officer, and the chair of the AI department to lead the digital health initiatives. I participated in the leadership retreats and recently served on the clinical faculty advisory committee of AI. Well, there are a lot of activities on research side using digital pathology, image analysis, and AI. The clinical side is taking a stepwise approach to adoption. Teaching and tumor boards are the first to go digital. Telepathology and the image analysis of biomarkers are the next. And the digital workflow will be discussed after we migrate to the new pathology informatics system this year. So that's pretty much summarized. How did I get into digital pathology and what Moffitt is doing with digital pathology? Okay, that's great. I think that is very forward thinking. As you mentioned, your institution, Moffitt Cancer Center, and it is certainly a stepwise approach. This kind of transformation certainly doesn't happen overnight. So you said you were, you've been active in the Digital Pathology Association as well as the CAP. So let's talk about the Digital Pathology Association first and their premier meeting, Path Visions, which we featured on the podcast. But tell us about that conference and the role you've played and what, what's been your experience with the conference this year and previous years. Thank you. It has been a real privilege and honor to serve as the co-chair of the Pathology Visions 2020 Virtual Meeting Committee. I also chaired this committee in previous years for the face-to-face meeting. I'm very grateful for the support of the dedicated and talented co-chair committee members, DPA staff, and the DPA leadership and the membership for a very successful meeting this year. The virtual format was great, which allowed us to include more speakers and more content. It also allowed attendees to have access to the recorded lecture before the meeting. This allowed us to use this flipped classroom format 
the attendees will listen to the lecture and then they will attend the active meeting, which is the question and answers to the speakers. They also have access to the recorded lectures a couple of months after the meeting so they can review what they learned. We also intentionally build in opportunities for networking and interaction among the speakers, attendees, and the exhibitors. As you know, Pathology Vision is the annual meeting of the DPA. It has been recognized as a premier educational event on digital pathology and AI. The first day was composed of industry workshops. It was back to back, many very high yield topics, and it was really well attended. The following days consist of CME earning educational activities that started with a DPA president address, a keynote speech, and a plenary talk, followed by presentations and workshops in two side-by-side -side tracks. One is clinical, one is non-clinical. This year, there were great talks on the recent development in digital pathology and AI in science, applications, workflow, and education. In addition, there were many well-attended panel discussions, including a regulatory panel with the FDA, a standardization panel with DICOM, a pathology chair panel on adoption, and an international pathologist panel on the response to COVID-19 and their digital pathology journey so we can learn from the international experts. There were also poster presentations and networking sections. We also provided wellness sections because we realized this phenomenon for zoomed out or digital burnout. So the attendees could take meditation and yoga breaks with certified instructors virtually. I'm very pleasantly surprised with the record high number of attendees of Pathology Vision 2020. I was also pleased to see a record high number of poster presentations with improved quality. These numbers, the feedbacks from the attendees, especially from the first time attendees, signaled that digital pathology and AI is no longer a fantasy. It is very much a reality that is incorporated in pathology practice and research. It was unexpected that the horrific COVID-19 pandemic has become a catalyst for digital pathology adoption, which is evidenced by the increased number of pathology departments using telepathology, remote sign-out, and beyond. It is very energizing to see that due to the resilience and the creativity of the digital pathology community, DPA is not just surviving, but rather thriving in such a challenging present time. So I'm very excited about the DPA and the pathology visions. Yeah, that, that was my sense too this year that the kind of the main theme that emerged is that digital pathology is real. It's here with us now. It's not a fantasy. It's not something for the future. It's, it's the current reality. And I think it nicely coincided with record attendance this year. And then I think, as you said, it was certainly unexpected, this COVID-19 pandemic, but it really served as a catalyst really to help move things forward in the direction we were going all along. So what about the College of American Pathologists? You've been active in that organization too. So what what is the CAP's role 
in digital pathology. Maybe tell us that, because I think a lot of people might not know. And, wh- and what kind of work did you do on the Digital Pathology Committee? So first of all, we're all pathologists. We're, you probably are also uh, a, a member of CAP. So for the other people, CAP is the leading organization of board-certified pathologists. And CAP serves the patients, the pathologists, and the public by fostering excellence in the practice of pathology and the laboratory medicine. Because of the important role of digital pathology and AI in pathology practice and patient care, the CAP has a digital and computational pathology committee charged to advance adoption of digital pathology within the CAP to serve as a respected resource for information and education for pathologists, patients, and the public on the practice and science of digital pathology. So the activities include providing scientific expertise to the CAP and monitoring new and emerging issues, practice and technologies that may affect the CAP members by providing input to the CAP regarding legislative and economic issues and developing and support the CAP publication, Digital Pathology Resource Guide, and also publish white papers and those are also called the concept papers, and by reviewing and recommending changes to the CAP laboratory improvement program checklists, and also by participating in educational programs at the annual CAP meetings, and also by contributing to the HistoQuip host slide image and quality improvement program. This is a new program. We're going to talk about it uh, a little bit more. And if you want to find more information, what is the CAP's digital initiatives? And you can find it on CAP.org. So in short, not only there is this computational pathology committee, there are a lot of digital pathology and AI related initiatives CAP is taking internally for the organization of CAP and also for the practice of pathology. Yeah, I think that that's wonderful. I think we know that you know, CAP is interested in the overall practice of pathology and how digital pathology fits in. And I think that's very encouraging too, that there are specific initiatives to help advance the field. Now, speaking of the whole field, you've talked about a holistic approach to digital pathology. And so what, what exactly do you mean by that? This means I would like the listeners to really think about the pathology in an evolutional way and understand that the pathology is undergoing the third revolution on this evolutional progression. Our profession pathology and the laboratory medicine was born with a microscope and HE slides, which worked very well for a couple of hundred years. So the first revolution was immunohistochemistry. This allows pathologists to look deeper into the cells at the protein level. The second revolution was molecular pathology. Now we're able to get into deeper into the DNA level at the genomic level. Now the third revolution is digital pathology and AI. I think this is gonna tie everything that we have progressed, evolved all together. So as our responsibility as a pathologist, and we're also changed a lot in the recent years because all patients' journey starts with their diagnosis. 
in the area of precision medicine, in addition to providing diagnostic information, pathologists are also expected to provide prognostic and predictive information. Pathologists in laboratory medicine are being pushed to the front line of patient care by providing the diagnostic information. The choice we have to make collectively includes either being the bottleneck or becoming the enabler of quality patient care. We must understand that digital pathology AI is providing a great opportunity for us to improve the quality and the value of pathology practice so that we will evolve to not only stay relevant, valuable, but ultimately will become the leaders of precision medicine. In short, Digital pathology and AI is good for the future success of pathology and the laboratory medicine. It is also good for the delivery of better patient care. I like that. That's a nice message. Not only how can we stay relevant, but how can we become the leaders and add value and improve patient care? So has this been a tough message to sell? I know as pathologists, we need to educate our own, but what about promoting it to ultimately our customers, which in some sense are the doctors taking care of, of patients and to whom we're providing this valuable information. First, we, we need to promote this to our own colleagues. Second is we need to talk to our uh, clinical colleagues. So as far as our pathology colleagues, we need everyone to do whatever they can to share their experience in how digital pathology helped them in delivering better patient care, the more the merrier. So I thank you very much for this podcast, Digital Pathology Today, which is raising awareness of digital pathology and AI in the community. The podcast is giving pathologists new opportunities to connect with the medical community and the general public. I hope that more pathologists will join this uh, effort. As far as our customers, which are the other clinicians, their inputs are very valuable because pathology has been viewed as a black box and a bottleneck in patient care delivery by some of the clinical colleagues. But digital pathology will give us the opportunity to deliver care in a more timely and accurate manner with a greater transparency. So this will really empower pathologists. For example, well, that whole slide image can be easily shared at the tumor conferences and clinic when the path report is being discussed. Both the clinician and the patients are typically really amazed by the images and what we do. So I think we really can take advantage of this transparency. So we move ourselves behind the microscope, outside our closed door offices and get in front of the patient and our clinician colleagues. This episode of Digital Pathology Today has been brought to you in part by DJT Solutions, your single source for all your digital pathology requirements, from consultation services to system requirements, including installation, training, and life cycle support. Since 1995, DJT Solutions, we are your best choice for your best results. Yeah, I think that is becoming incredibly important, making ourselves visible and really, 
you know, showing the value that, that we provide, making people aware. And the world is becoming smaller and smaller and interconnected. And you've also spoken about the connectivity advantage. What exactly do you mean by this? Right. There are many advantages of digital pathology and AI. The fundamental advantage is the increased connectivity. As you know, that traditionally pathologists have to review the glass slides using the microscope in his or her offices. So we're limited by the time, the location. And if you want to share the slides with others, we're limited by how many multi-heads that you have to accommodate the people who review the same thing at the same time. The interpretation process and the raw data, because they, they are analog, the data, so they're not archivable. Once you remove the slides out of the scope, they're all gone. But the digitalization of the glass slides allow the pathologist to review the slides on a monitor, which can be desktop monitor, the tablet, or a phone. So that can be locally accessed or remotely accessed. So those images can be accessed by consultant along with the pathologist. The pathologist's information can also be incorporated into other patient data. So in this capacity, host slide images can be annotated and archived, which allows for merits of connectivity. For example, if you want to show the slides to other people, that is telepathology, can be used for frozen section diagnosis. When the patient is on the operation table, you have 15 minutes to make a critical diagnosis to help the surgeon to make decision. If you don't have the expertise, what are you going to do? You call a colleague that has the expertise. If the colleague is not in the building, is not in the hospital, maybe attending an international conference, you can get hold of that person to help you to make that critical diagnosis. You can use telepathology for rapid on-site evaluation, and you can do a consultation for second opinion. That means you can access experts, not in your hospital, not in your uh, country, so that just bring everybody together and speed up accurate diagnosis. And you can use host slide imaging for tumor boards, teaching quality assurance and archive. For example, as a cancer center, we review every single case that comes to us. We will make a diagnosis and then the patient will be treated. But if you don't have the information that archived, that is the review case that come from other hospital to compare, then you're going to spend a lot of time. You have to ask the contributor to send you the slides. So archiving is very important. There are a lot of hospitals just from the archiving alone, they calculated, they save a lot of manpower, increase the efficiency, increase the confidence, the surgeons, the medical colleagues, on us because our turnaround time is much improved. But those are the connectivity is only the lower hanging fruit. The higher power, the more advantage the utility of digital pathology is in image analysis, computational pathology, and AI. Because the digital data is no longer the analog the data, it's the gateway to artificial intelligence, which will improve the accuracy and the efficiency of our diagnosis. Furthermore, by incorporating with other 
data. We call them the omic data. They are the radiomic, proteomic, genomic data. So we are able to detect more meaningful and actionable pathologic features that we would otherwise not able to detect with naked eyes. So pathologists are hosting large amount of patient specimens and data. Currently, we're barely scratching the surface of the data mining, but digital pathology and AI will really empower us to give us the data that is actionable and meaningful, which is much needed to help our patients. I think, yes, it certainly does create a bright future, these higher hanging fruits, you said, but even the lower hanging fruits, you know, in terms of connectivity, I think is going to be a complete game changer because many people may not be aware of the various things that pathologists do. So you alluded to frozen section where you're, you know, it all rests on you. You have 15 minutes. The patient is on the operating table under anesthesia. You're the one to make the decision. And there's various kinds of practice settings some many times it's a community hospital where the pathologist is alone and if that you know and most of the time the pathologist is able to formulate a diagnosis and help guide the surgery but you know we don't know everything all of the time and could benefit from consultation so that could be a, a huge game changer to be able to consult with someone halfway across the world in a compressed time frame of 15 minutes i think that could be a big changer and then another piece is some hospitals have no pathologists in rural settings, and so we could potentially offer frozen section or other intraoperative consultations digitally through telepathology without even a pathologist being present physically. So I think this, is, this could change everything. Very exciting. Exactly, especially in COVID-19. Before, when we do the manual sign-out, like before, when we have the manual sign-out, we all have to come to the hospital. But during the COVID-19, when pathologists cannot come to hospital, this connectivity allow them to be able to sign out remotely. Right. So this was a, a huge catalyst or a huge shot in the arm, so to speak, for telepathology. And, and so, like I was saying, we have various different functions and various different workflows. So there's more to it than just looking at the case and making a diagnosis. It depends you know, what practice setting you're in, but path there's various different workflows and pathologists do different things. And there's things going on behind the scenes, such as quality control. There's presenting cases at tumor boards and various other things that pathologists do that may not be Obvious. So what's what do you see as the role in digital pathology and these other various workflows? Very good. For for the quality control, for I guess for pathologists, we do more quality control than any other medical subspecialty because we all realize we're the cornerstone of patient care. If pathologist is wrong with the diagnosis, the entire downstream clinical care will be wrong. So, so we cannot offer to make any mistakes. That's why we're obsessively control the quality of the work that we do. So for, for digital pathology, we realize the quality of host slide image is critically important. So the College of American Pathologists and the National Society for Histology announced the 2019 release of a new quality improvement program called the Host Slide Image Quality Improvement Program. The program evaluates the quality of H&E and IHC sections cut and 
sustained in a lab, and the whole slide image scanned from the same slide from the same lab. The glass slides are sent to CAP. This program has been going on for many years. This is how it has been done. The new addition is the whole slide image are uploaded to the CAP site. So the experts will then evaluate both the glass and the whole slide image together. By having both this glass and the whole slide image, the reviewing experts will be able to determine if an identified quality issue is due to microtomy, staining or whole slide scanning. The expert will suggest improvements. There are two challenges a year. Each challenge asks submission of four slides and the corresponding whole slide images to prepare. The program is available at CAP.org in the 2021 service catalog. So I'm one of the experts on the CAP Digital Pathology and Computational Pathology Committee. We review the submitted slides. I learned a lot from this experience. I realized that there are more labs are enrolled in this program each year. Most labs are doing a great job, but there is a certain room for improvement. With a digital format, now our feedback to the participating institution is more evidence-based and easily communicable because they can log on the site and they can see the annotation and then we link with the educational material. So before you basically receive a score and then you look at the score and the code and then you find out what's that mean. But what we're doing here, it's a big step moving forward. From this experience, I also learned that human eyes are a lot more forgiving of less than optimal slides. And even the slide is not very good, we still be able to make out what's the diagnosis. But computers are more rigid and less tolerant of suboptimal slides. This is especially true for image analysis and AI have no tolerance to poor quality slides. Therefore, the take-home message is that the cornerstone to meaningful pathology AI is a quality host slide image. That's a fascinating point because I think, and, and maybe somewhat reassuring for us human beings who think maybe we're going to re be replaced by robots or artificial intelligence, where there are some things that human beings actually can do better and they're more adaptable. They can interpret you know, a broader variety of things such as poor staining or which comes in handy speaking of frozen sections because the staining is not optimal the preparation may not be perfect and it may be the pathologist himself making the slide and then having to to diagnose the case in 15 minutes or less under some level of stress so that is certainly interesting but as we move forward we're going to have to get better in making these slide preparations so let's talk about image analysis before we wrap up image analysis and artificial intelligence so Image analysis has been with us for a long time, even before whole slide imaging. So we it first came out, you know, clinically or commercially, I believe, in scoring IHC stains for breast cancer, ER, PR, HER2, and so forth. So how have you seen it evolve since that time? And what are some of the current applications and where do you see image analysis taking us in the future? Very good. So as you said, uh, the image analysis has been going on for a little while. So like 20 some years old, ago, when I was like in residency, I remember 
already doing breast cancer ERPR HER2 image analysis. So now with all the uh, progression in this area, the Digital Pathology Association published a, a concept paper in the Journal of Pathology Informatics in March 2019 discussing image analysis. We talk about the concept of image analysis has been reserved for the specific discipline that aims to obtain meaningful information from images in an objective and a reproducible manner. Although there were many incremental advances throughout the century, image analysis remained largely unchanged until the advancement of digital imaging and the computerized analysis in the second half of the uh, last century. From the 1970s on, new tools were developed that allows for easier measurements of cellular and tissue component in the 1980s. Video cameras became widely available, leading to further improvement of available system. Around the year 2000, digital slide scanners become commercially available and the whole slide imaging started to become increasingly common. The current applications include area-based measurements, cell-based measurements, cell in relation to the environment measurements and vice versa. The parameters measures include color, pixel count, shape, texture, localization, and many more features. There are FDA-approved algorithms measuring breast cancer biomarkers, such as ERPR, HER2, K67. College of American Pathologists published a guideline of breast cancer, HER2, quantitative image analysis. The image analysis tool also widely used in clinical research and translational research, as well as in a lot of other disciplines like uh, oncology, immuno-oncology, and drug development. So in the recent years, beyond the two-dimensional image analysis and simple biomarker detection, like what I did like 20 some years ago, the emerging tools, including multi-dimensional and multi Plex imaging analysis. We've certainly come a long way. And so multiplexing, I think, is going to be take us forward, as you mentioned, incorporating this holistic approach where we're incorporating not only morphology, but you know molecular features, and then adding on top of that image analysis. So this is, I think, really all coming together. And so, and then that last piece, what about artificial intelligence? It's a very hot topic. So wh what do you see as the current state of AI right now? And where are we headed? So as you see, for the image analysis, we're moving to multidimensional multiplexing. So this is like make our head like blowing up because this is beyond the human computational abilities. We know we need a computer to help us. So while image analysis is a basic form of artificial intelligence, AI in pathology is a young and a rapid developing field. We're heading to the direction of wider openness to AI. This includes the excitement of unleashing the boundless potential of AI in pathology and empowering pathologists to become the leader in precision medicine. Some of the examples, including first, the, the computer-assisted diagnostics to improve accuracy and efficiency. For example, you probably have heard of this chameleon competition that studies the breast cancer metastatic to the lymph node. 
So the computer, the AI is doing pretty well in discovering the metastasis. So when comparing with human, it's it's not it's definitely compatible with human, and sometimes can also detect the subtle changes that when human get tired and will not be able to detect. Because if you give pathologist no time limit, ask them to search for certain things, make diagnosis, they can do a great job. But as you know, we always have piles of slides that we need to go through every day. We will get tired. But as you know, the computer doesn't. They will run on uh, the algorithm, just very focused and doing the same work repetitively. So the second is the AI will assist the companion diagnostic to guide therapy selection. For example, with lung cancer, there's this PDL1 testing, and it's very complicated to do the manual scoring. And if we have computer-assisted diagnostics, that will be very important to help clinicians. So the third is the AI-assisted pap smear screening. So especially in the areas that is very short in pathologists, especially cytopathologists, this is a very powerful tool detecting cervical cancer. The fourth is the population-based database for early detection and prevention. The fifth example is more broad, and that will provide the integrated management the tool for cancer by using computational pathology to process data from uh, different omic data such as the pathomic, radiomic, genomic, proteomic, and the clinical outcome to provide diagnostic, prognostic, and predictive information. I think that's the future we're going. Yeah, I think that is very exciting. I think we're all very much excited about this future. Dr. Marilyn Boy, thank you so much for being with us. So just tell us, what excites you and where do you think the field is going in the next 10 years? That's a great question. I believe that pathology and the laboratory medicine will always play a critical role in patient care because all patient journey starts with a proper diagnosis, which is mostly made by pathologists. For the following reason, the future of pathology is being challenged. First, there is a trend of decreased workforce of pathologists due to aging, and a few medical graduates go to pathology. Second, there is an increased workload and the complexity of pathologist's daily practice due to the advancement of precision medicine. Third, there is a well-recognized wellness concerns among pathologists. And fourth, whenever there is a public health emergency, pathology will be pushed to the front line of diagnostic medicine. Just like the COVID-19 pandemic put tremendous uh, pressure on pathology and the laboratory medicine. I'm very thankful that pathologists have digital pathology in our toolbox and were able to jump into remote sign-out and all that. Can you imagine if COVID-19 happened before the molecular and digital revolution of pathology? What a bigger trouble we would be getting ourselves into as a society. So we must keep up with the medical and the scientific development. I'm very excited 
and envision that within the next 10 years, that there will be a wide adoption of digital workflow in our daily practice with AI-assisted tool. And I also believe and very excited that this will help pathologists work more efficiently with improved the quality and the value. Oh, that's wonderful. Our guest has been Dr. Marilyn Boy from Moffitt Cancer Center. We'll see you next time on Digital Pathology Today. This has been Digital Pathology Today. Please be sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening.